Netaporte presents the Incredible Women podcast, Series One, celebrating togetherness. Hi, Petra. Hi, gorgeous. How are you today? It's been such a long time. <laughs> It's good to hear your voice. So happy to connect. How are you? How is Kara? How is JJ? How is your hubby? They're very, very good. It's holidays for my children, so it's a busy, hectic time, and uh, we're trying to make it fun. Welcome to Celebrating Togetherness by Netaporte. I'm Sarah Bailey. In this series, we are joined by pairs of incredible women as they share intimate moments, memories, and some much-needed laughter with their loved ones. In a year like no other, these are stories about life in 2020 and beyond, and the strength we draw from togetherness. Noella Kusari Mazunku and Petra Nemkova are models on a mission. The friends met by email 13 years ago and share a passion to model with meaning each running their own philanthropic organizations. Petronemkova's All Hands and Hearts, which provides disaster relief support throughout the world, was founded after she miraculously survived the Boxing Day tsunami in Thailand in 2004, a tragic event in which her fiancé was sadly lost. Noella founded the community organization Malaika in the Congo, which today provides water and literacy to thousands of people, though it is most famous for its joyful Malaika school educating nearly 400 girls. Noella and Petra may not have met up on a fashion set for a while, but they like to stay in touch via WhatsApp, sharing pictures of their young families and updating each other on their lives. While Noella splits her time between the UK and the Congo, Petra has been living in the Dominican Republic of Miami. The quieter-than-usual holiday season this year gives opportunities to enjoy intimate moments and comforting traditions with Noella attempting to cook a turkey Christmas dinner for the first time and Petra stringing fairy lights on the palm trees and baking traditional Czech cookies for her young son. Where are you actually, uh, Petra, right now? I am in Dominican Republic in a, a beautiful place called uh, Coson, uh, Samana, with my family, feeling really grateful to be in nature during these Uh, strange times because nature is so healing. I think I'm going to come to meet you there. Oh my God, the sun, <laughs> the beach, the nature. <laughs> we, we feel very blessed. You know, we've been coming here more often, uh, even before COVID-19. And, and people were uh, saying, you're crazy living in a jungle. And uh, now it's a blessing. Uh, and everybody's trying to escape more towards nature and live um, outside of the cities. So we feel very, very grateful to be here. And we were in Miami for a couple of weeks and when we came back our baby boy he woke up in the morning so incredibly happy jumping like I've never seen him before he was so happy to be back in nature how old is he now and, uh, and what's his name he's, a, he's almost a one year old he's, uh, and his name is Bodhi oh that's very beautiful the bond between a mum and her children and having a family. It's the best thing ever can happen in the world. Do you remember, Petra, when and how we met? I remember uh, receiving email from you, which was so special. I actually saved that email. It was in 2007. And you were sharing your story uh, about starting uh, Malaika, um, named after your father, George, and Malaika meaning angel uh, in Swahili. And then you explained that you just started your first project, um, which was for 16 girls, paying for 
their uh, schooling and for their uh, food and uniforms. And I, I saved that email because I could feel how passionate you are, how determined you are, and how uh, pure your intentions are. And I knew, I felt it so strongly that you're going to achieve so much in your life. And uh, fast forward to today. <laughs> from this email, from this email, a lot of challenges and success, but it's been great. Actually, it's very funny because when I, I reached to you is because um, I read, your, of course, your story, the tsunami and how strong you became after all this experience. But when I went to Lubumbashi in my hometown where I was born in Congo, they told me, Oh, Noela, Petra Nikova came here. Uh, you, you must know her. Uh, she came in Lubumbashi. She's going to help a school, some school with computers. And I said, Petra was in Lubumbashi, here in my hometown, uh, from Los Angeles or New York. You were living at this time. And I said, I have to reach to her and see how we can work and collaborate. And it's the reason I sent you the email, hi, Petra, uh, that uh, I heard you are in the UA in my hometown and you're doing amazing work here and all over the and still doing amazing work all over the world. How we can collaborate and I would love to meet you face to face. And that was uh, the beginning of, um, of, re- of a relationship. But Petra, can you tell me about your, your passion? Because uh, one of our passion that put us together is the modeling industry because uh, We've been to some events together. We've been to some fashion event, to some philanthropic event at the UN, etc. But we've been shooting a campaign together. And it was great because when they gave me the names of the girls that were selected for the campaign, it was very special to, to be together on this campaign of, uh, of Max Factor. How was your feeling to shoot <laughs> this campaign with us? And with well, me? it was so um, fun to be together because before we would spend lots of time, as you said, uh, more in the philanthropical spaces, if it's at a UN uh, ladies' luncheon or in a different events. And so it was really nice to actually uh, work together. And what was so beautiful about that project uh, was that it was bringing together uh, role models um, and obviously you, you are a role model for me and, and spending more time together, uh, creating, having fun, uh, learning more about each other. Uh, that was really, uh, really uh, precious. I've been doing fashion for many, many years. And for me, it's always, uh, I do miss the creativity, being with a photographer, with a makeup artist, with a hairstylist, to not be able to be on set as much. It's really something that, that I do miss and the, the fashion industry is really suffering and it's very important that we all encourage and consume locally and helping the, the industry. After we worked together, I really made a, a conscious decision. I'm going to work only with companies which they are focused on sustainability. So um, that's why I can empower them more. And it's not been easy, but I, I can look, uh, look in the mirror and know that I am investing my time, my energy into creating a better world for so many people. And people are more conscious. People are very more conscious where they bury the clothes, how they bury, where it's been made, who, uh, how we're consuming our... It's uh, starting finally. It's starting yes. finally. And for me, I've been always been very conscious of my clothes. I do do a lot of renting. I do shop at Netaporty and Diotnet too. <laughs> But uh, we, we, but we have to say something. It's sometimes in our philanthropy world or in as a matter, you need some time to have uh, 
you need to sometimes feel the vavavo with you. I do love sometimes to buy a bag or a shoe, pair of shoes, a nice outfit or a lipstick or, or a mascara because you still need to be feeling that uh, you're part of this world and just make you feel yourself uh, good. What is your accessory in fashion that you cannot live without, Petra? I've been loving a few amazing uh, handbags uh, which are made from Pinatex. Uh, from pineapple leather and this uh, pineapple leather has been used by many companies now but there's also uh, apple leather uh, uh, there's leather from mushroom there's so many incredible uh, fabrics that's talking about fashion which makes me really really excited they're so beautiful and and great messaging and so I love I love those and uh, yeah uh, what about you what is your favorite accessory I love my malachite bracelets so because I always wear malachite and uh, because it's come from where I'm from in Lubumbashi. It's a special stone that gives you luck and protect you. Mm. And uh, I always buy like 100 of them and I offer them to a lot of my friends. I do love uh, shoes. For me, shoes are very important because uh, <laughs> <laughs> I love boots, high heels, but I don't really wear high heels now. But sneakers... Uh... You don't wear high heels to the fridge? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe can you update me where you are at right now with Malaika, what you have created? Because it's so much. So yeah, Malaika is created in 2007. It consists of a free accredited school, a comprehensive education, like to 370 girls. They're starting at five years old until 18 years old. They all have dream. As Salina, she wants to become a doctor. Annie wants to become an engineer. Lorraine wants to be a journalist. So they all have aspiration. It's a refuge. It's a safe refuge with for them. It also includes Malaika Community Center that offers a range of programs to 5,000 youth and adults. And Malaika offers an agricultural program that provides true nutritional meals each day to a student and staff. And a clean water program, which where we built 20 wells that serve 35,000 people each year. But uh, over the years, crucially, Malaika actually is a community-driven approach, act as a model that can be replicated on a global scale in any communities uh, all around uh, the world. And I lead Malaika, I don't take any salary. I believe strongly in, uh, in my country and really investing in high-quality education. Our students, they learn from coding, from STEM, from, from uh, sport, from art. And it's really to unlock the potential to be the, the next leaders of the, of the continent. And what has been the most challenging and in the same time the most inspiring for you while running um, Malaika? I would say one of the most inspiring times for me to, to set up and run Malaika was uh, to see the first cohort of the students walking into our school and to see them growing, growing into their own personality, growing into a very uh, witty mind and have their, their, their ambition and being attached to them because I know all the girls entering at the school and they've been since now 10 years. So they like my, they like, they really like my girls and my, my friends, my sisters. And I want the same way as I look after my daughter is the same way. I want the same thing for, for, for them and when the school was closed down for the, via the lockdown for five months, it was, uh, I never seen for 10 years our school empty. And it, that was make me sad. 
but they were even more sad than me because not going to a school, they were not able to have their breakfast, their lunch. They were not able to have the education. They were helping their parents uh, every day on the field, walking one hour, one hour and a half. The security was in danger. Their health was, in, um, was not secure at all because we lost three girls out of this lockdown, Leia, little Noella and Annie. And um, that was very, very tough. But so coming back to you, Petra, can you tell me, because you set up your foundation in 2005, can you tell me about your inspiration, your challenge, your, your proudest moment? My journey began after being blessed and surviving 2004 tsunami, uh, where my partner passed away and... 200, more than 230,000 people lost their lives. And um, I was, I had my, as you know, I had my pelvis broken um, in four places and I was not able to walk uh, or even sit. And all I wanted to do while I was in hospital is to go and help those who lost their loved ones, who lost their homes and schools. And um, I couldn't because I couldn't even sit down. So first thing I could do, Right away, when I could walk, I went back to Thailand um, with my sister, with a few friends to see what is the biggest need and what I can do to have a biggest impact. And that's when I started to learn first responders leave and communities are forgotten. And I've learned that this is a pattern which uh, happens after every natural disaster. I started with a foundation named Happy Hearts Fund. And uh, we've been focusing on rebuilding disaster resilience schools around the world, uh, uh, which um, were impacted by natural disasters. And it's uh, been an incredible journey full of learning, but I knew um, that the need was so much greater. Um, and that's why uh, a few years ago, we actually merged with another organization uh, uh, called All, All Hands and created All Hands and Hearts. And now we are focusing on effectively and efficiently coming to help communities impacted by natural disasters, um, doing the immediate response, but also a long-term response. And that was really impressive because I went, uh, when I was in Haiti, to speak at one of the forum over there, um, I went to visit one of the schools that you were built, and it was very beautiful to see the children learning in a safe environment and very uh, joyful environment. Because after the disaster happened in Haiti, it was so important to rebuild school there. A hundred percent, and I'm so happy that you were there because it's, Haiti has a very special place in my heart. To me, I look at schools like dream-making machines, you know. You give, um, obviously, it can help children to achieve their dreams and give them empowerment, everything that you're doing. But also, it, when there's a school, it helps the families. Both parents can go to work and uh, earn a living for, to take care of their children. It, it instills hope into community and what we've seen after natural disasters, when there's a school, it also helps the whole economy. You see small businesses coming back and we build disaster resident schools, which serve as a shelter. So if there's a next earthquake or hurricane uh, or other disaster, all this we are rebuilding. 
uh, with volunteers. We have had 61,000 volunteers from 144 countries from all over the world. They give their love, their time, their sweat to strangers they have never met for free. And what's so beautiful, uh, these volunteers, they come sometimes for one week or two weeks and they stay three, four months because they find purpose in their life. The same way with Malaika, we have so many volunteers coming all over the world to help. And we now, what is amazing with this COVID-19 that nobody can really travel to Congo, we have more local volunteers Beautiful. coming to say we need to give back to our community and to our society. So we're living in a world where it's so even more important to give to each other time, but to help to help the underprivileged. 100% and that's I think one of the beautiful um, things with uh, silver linings from COVID people helping each other um, more than ever before but I know it's been very challenging for you during the lockdown and I've seen a few of your uh, Zooms, we did one together as well uh, with uh, with your girls and uh, it's so inspiring, um, your whole team um, they are uh, superheroes as well like you <laughs> Yeah, we did one, uh, we did a share the mic with you, Petra. And thank you for inviting me on your Instagram live. And we have a student in the Congo that came. Actually, it was the first ever Instagram live a student in Congo. They were so excited and they love it because through this COVID-19, they learned to do Zoom. They learned to do Instagram live. And yeah, I think um, in what we live in now, you need to reinvent yourself. Can you tell me about your first Christmas? You're going to, how are you going to celebrate? Um, with your son, with your husband. I know that it's going to bring some memories to you too because of the tsunami and etc. Is it a time where you want to enjoy or celebrate more in the lower key? It will be very special Christmas um, because of Bodhi being with us. Uh, and uh, Christmas has been always a magical time for me. And since 2004, it changed a little bit because uh, being blessed surviving 2004 tsunami, it definitely changed not just my life, but it changed lives of millions of people. So um, the, every Boxing Day, I light a candle to, to remember Simon, to remember the lives of more than 230,000 people who lost their lives, to remember that light is stronger than darkness, to remember that when we bring our candle, uh, we can light other candles, um, meaning we can light other lives. So I actually, um, I commemorate the Boxing Day tsunami, but in the same time, I really focus it on, on the light and on the positivity. You have had many losses this year with your three girls, uh, students, uh, with one of your team members, a teacher, and many others. Um, how are you going to commemorate uh, them? So we put we uh, next week we're planting trees for uh, each person that we lost at Malaika, with our team in uh, in the Congo. So that would be a very uh, special moment. Um, when people ask me how is it to run a foundation, I would say for me the toughest moment is when we lost someone. To lose the three girls, to lose the coach. This week I lost a very, very good friend. And it's my nephew got a massive accident uh, two weeks ago where he was burned at third degree in the Congo. And it was sad because uh, with everything happening, I was not able to travel but from the, the, my sanity and from my two children that leave all this moment with me here, that they see me sad when we lost someone at Malaika, 
I really want to make a special moment for my kids. Are you celebrating Christmas? What are your plans? It will be your first Christmas with your child. Yes, we will be first oh. one and it's going to be, I'm sure, magical. And we will probably have us, um, some family members. Will you put a tree? Will you put a Christmas tree? We will put the lights around the palm tree here, um, <laughs> most probably. Oh, yeah, that's even nice. We, that's we, nice we, huh? Yeah, no Christmas tree, just the, the palms. So, uh, we're going to make it very local. But uh, I, you know, Christmas for me has been... Such a incredible time when the the Czech culture where I grew up in Czech Republic. Every Christmas, it's a it's all about family and fairy tales. We we watch fairy tales. The the parents with children watch fairy tales. They they go on for days, day and night, and we are learning so many beautiful values through the fairy tales. So it, it it's so ingrained in me the 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 magic of Christmas, and that we have many different traditions which I absolutely love, and uh, from. Uh, around the table when there's actually um, the the Christmas Eve um, where we, for example, put a, um, a honey on each other's cheeks and there's like a literally like a, a little honey war between the family and then the hair sticks to the, uh, the cheek. But that's for it to be more um, beautiful and sweeter for the next year. So for the whole family, um, be more sweeter and kinder to each other. Um, but uh, there is some Thing which we start already before holidays about two weeks prior we start baking holiday cookies together and the whole point of holiday cookies is doing them together so mom would make the dough their dad rolls the dough and children cuts the shapes of hearts and stars and then we glue it together and and we are doing it together we are gluing the cookies together with a jam or uh, or other things and and it's all about family togetherness and this um, baking cookies together bringing family together and that's very important and key moments what about Christmas what are your traditions uh, uh, family traditions during Christmas I'm probably coming from uh, Congo it uh, probably was very different. Uh. Yeah, so um, I never really celebrated Christmas when I was younger because I left Congo at five when my father died. But I grew up with families in Belgium where they never really celebrated Christmas and where we I didn't really receive gifts for Christmas. So having my own kids, I really wanted to give them everything that I never have. And for me, every Christmas, I, I make an effort to put the tree, the gift and everything. My son doesn't believe into Christmas anymore, but he said that he still wants to receive the gift. And my daughter says she's half-half, but she loves the gift. But it's really good because in Christmas too, they put some beside of the, the pocket money and some of the gift, and we're keeping that for some children here in England and for uh, the school in the Congo where they, they're raising a little bit some money for them. So it's, a, it's a not only about gift and eating a lot, it's about celebrating um, orders too. But Christmas this year, I want to make it very special. I want to make the tree, I want, we will have a new dog, so we'll be five actually now. I never really cooked a turkey, so, so I want this year to make the challenge to cook the turkey and all this food at home and, and make it special. And my husband travel a lot generally and myself too and this year everything slowed down it was really good to be as a family together and and we really reset what we want in life as a family and how we do so I'm looking forward for this Christmas and it's my birthday actually the 25th of December but every year I donate my birthday to uh, Malaika to raise money for the school and we're gonna do a virtual birthday actually on the 17th of December 
for me with the Malaika team, with the Malaika students, and uh, where we're we gonna raise uh, some donation for uh, for the school. But Petra, how do you see yourself uh, for the next few years in terms of your modeling career and your uh, your philanthropy work? And will you see yourself still living in Dominican Republic or you think you're going to move? <laughs> There's a beautiful quote, which uh, one dear friend of mine uh, shared with me many years ago. He said, if you want to make God laugh, tell him your plans. Uh, and there was uh, a Quincy Jones, uh, uh, my friend, he's like, like my godfather. And he said this, and it's, it's, it's relevant to every day because we, we can make a plans and it's important to make a plans. But then I think we have to also allow a space for surprises from universe. So I, we, we do plan. We, we definitely want to stay here um, in Samana. We have a very special project here, uh, which is all about creating um, incredible conscious community this this is this is for further it's still big big secret but what i'm super excited about we're gonna be launching in january 2021 um uh, incredible uh new company a circular clean beauty and supplement a brand which will solve the problem of plastic and a beauty and a supplement space in the u.s only seven to nine percent of plastic gets recycled so the amount of waste which is created it's it's so bad so this is this is so exciting and uh, that's going to be the big a uh, big focus of mine for the for the new year uh, what are your hopes and uh, dreams for the the next year for for your family for malaika the freedom of traveling <laughs> the freedom of traveling to say tomorrow i'm going to see my mother my family in the congo i'm going to spend one month in the congo with my children I think uh, that would be one of my uh, one my one of my highlights. I do miss my my mom, and uh, this will be a special moment. Uh, we just opened one classroom uh, at the school, so we added thirty girls at the school. Right now, the school just opened back in, in Malaika two weeks ago, uh, three weeks ago, and the first priority is really to check the health of our students. And I have a few fashion program, a uh, fashion project that I'm working on that's very exciting. I could not think about someone else doing this podcast because we have so much things uh, that we're sharing. And I love that we're WhatsApping every week to know, how are you, Petra? Send me some sun from Republic Dominican. I'm sending <laughs> you some rain from England. Well, um, I love you. I appreciate you. I am so grateful for sharing this journey, this beautiful life journey together with you. And I'm here for you. <laughs> Kisses. Lot of love. Speak soon. Celebrating Togetherness was brought to you by Netaporte and Chalk and Blade. Hosted by Sarah Bailey and Alice Casely-Hayford and produced by Laura Hyde. The executive producer was Ruth Barnes.